Now, joining us on a fully charged this morning is Taoiseach Michal Martin. Taoiseach, welcome to the show. Thank you very much indeed. Good morning to you both and to Ed as well. Uh, Taoiseach, the last time you joined us here, it was about a year ago, things were very, very different. Um, a lot has changed. How have you been keeping? I mean, it's been a busy and a crazier for us all, including yourself. Yeah, it's been a hectic year. Um, and... Um, uh, ups and downs obviously with, with the COVID but it's great that we're in a position where we, we have been able to lift the restrictions I just got a sense of freedom about the place that people are enjoying um, doing sort of sh- shall we say what we used to do or, or some of the normal things proceeding cautiously but still you know the, the match on Saturday against Wales the bumper crowd there we can enjoy the Six Nations as we once did and uh, the, the Gaelic football is back the hurling is back soccer um, and, and sport generally so I think bit by bit there's a sense of the spring coming uh, and I think things are in a better position this year than they were last year with, with vaccination and so on and we, we keep urging people to get vaccinated if they're not vaccinated already because that has really been the big game changer mm. uh, since this time last year it really has in, in respect of managing and dealing with, with COVID-19 so I think all round um, I'm feeling better this year than I was maybe this time last year. Yeah, I know over the last two years you might have walked down to that podium and shared a lot of bad news, but for you personally, Taoiseach, what was it, what was it like to come down and share the good news recently? It was great. It was good. No, I didn't at the time, you know, I'm, I was conscious of the mess of... of making the decisions and the message that we'd have to send. I was a bit struck afterwards by the reaction, um, and it was, uh, you know texting and so on and so on but people generally just happy about it uh, and um, walking up the road people are hooting horns and things like that you know so it was very good and I went down, I went out to Killarney the following day I know we got hammered by Kerry but but the, but the atmosphere in um, Fitzgerald Stadium was great and uh, just meeting people on the street and people were very kind and very courteous and they were uh, just happy that um we had come through this phase of the Omicron virus um, and that, uh, sorry, of the Omicron variant of the virus uh, and that we were, we were getting back to, to doing normal things. And uh, uh, so, so, so that, that was good to be able to give that message uh, on that particular day in contrast to other messages that I've had to give. Well, look, I feel like this is going to be a stupid question for me, but I was once told in school there's no such thing as a stupid question. Um, you know, but I was going to ask, you know, what were you most looking forward to? But I, I assume just... By hearing you speak in the last minute or so, it has to be sport for yourself, I would assume, was it? Yes, yeah, you're right, yeah. Um, and um, without question, uh, to get out and back at the pitches. Also, if, if being able to go out and do things and not look over your shoulder, you know. Yeah. <laughs> do you go to gigs? I'm dying to know. Like, do you go to concerts or anything? Because I love a gig. Like, that's my thing. So, do you go to gigs? Well, we see you at Longitude is what he's I, asking. I, I do. I went to all the voices in Dingle, uh, yeah. even with restrictions. We were, um, and, and that was... Um, uh, was there for Dermot Kennedy and, and so on and that was fantastic um, and I loved Dingle anyway and I hadn't been there for quite a while and just to get the the, 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 the smell and taste of of, of Dingle and West Kerry was, was something that I really appreciated and also to see how difficult it was for artists uh, the life they had to live really for the last two years has been terrible in respect of they want an audience they want to perform um, and it just again uh, reminded me again of the of the huge impact that COVID had on them. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I do. Not as often. I mean, we're looking forward to Ed Sheeran, I think, is coming to Cork, um, I, I believe, this year. There's some talk about that. Right. Um, so we're looking forward to, to, to events like that. Yeah, I'm sure there's been a lot. I mean, it's so nice to look positively forward. But looking back, I suppose, is there things that you probably would have done differently with regards to the restrictions and the rules? 
Yeah, I'm sure there are. Um, and I, I'm going to give a bit more time to evaluate it fully because in the middle of it and at different phases of it, there are, di- there are different thoughts running through your mind, you know, mm-hmm. as to this measure and that measure. And you learn a lot. Um, like, it's hard to credit, isn't it, that at the beginning, nearly two years ago, we were kind of doing the five kilometer thing in in March of 2020 and then yeah. subsequently we did it again you know uh, that you were kind of hemmed into a five kilometer range uh, I can recall sort of having to make new walks to keep it into five kilometers and mapping it out and so on uh, so there are issues you'd look at again the second time around and say we don't necessarily have to do that mm. and, and that didn't really uh, add a whole lot of value but you learn as you go along um, and overall I think Ireland did well you know relative to other countries but of course we're going to learn lessons from it uh, because there could be other variants and so on and I think we've but as I said earlier when you stand back from it and look at the different waves there's no doubt that vaccination uh, was the essential game changer in my view um, if you look at last January we weren't vaccinated um, this January uh, we were, and then we had a booster before Christmas, and that definitely allowed us to weather the Omicron storm. You can see other countries where there are high levels of unvaccinated. Vaccinated. You can see Omicron having a bigger impact on their hospitals. Um, so, yeah, we, we will we will learn lessons, and there are certainly things we did probably we wouldn't do again. Um, but I'd like to give it a bit more time uh, just to evaluate this and see, because I think that's one of the things we're doing. The public health group has already been set up to sort of say, okay, how do we embed all of this into the system now so that if other viruses emerge that we have a stronger public health system uh, to to deal with any future uh, challenges that we may have. Uh, look, I think it's important to say we're not out of it just yet, but we are, of course, uh, after making massive progress in that time. Um, a lot of texts from listeners this morning, actually. One of the questions that keeps popping up is how long do you think we'll have to keep wearing the masks? Um, we've been asked that countless times this morning. I, I think we're going to review that before February the 28th, um, and um, I, uh, we will give consideration to that. I personally am comfortable wearing the mask in shops and in public transport um, and, and going into crowded areas. That's just a personal thing. And I think more and more as we go along, there will be a personal dimension. In other words, that we do what we feel comfortable doing, um, and that applies to shaking hands to you know just engaging and each person could do it differently uh, people there will be people with different perspectives on this um, and in many ways you know through I get the sense that um, the COVID is particularly difficult in the in the, in the, deep, the dark winter uh, November December um, January uh, there may be a rationale for uh, if there's an outbreak or in, in the future that you go back to mask wearing but the, I think the key question for the public is when is it mandatory and not mandatory when would that um, lift uh, we'll take advice on that but it's, it is being kept under constant review Good we have a lot we have another question here we did have a lot of leaving certs get in touch and we did know that Minister Foley said that they're not in a position to offer students the same leaving cert options as last year but that they will get considerable choice with less content required to be studied I mean moving forward they're kind of questioning whether the leaving cert is done the same and could the format do it a change is what they're kind of asking well, it could do with a change, and it will be. It has changed over time, and but it's very incremental. But it does need to, to change further. And I do think I do think we need more continued um, assessment, more project-based work during the year. Uh, I'm I, I'm always taken by that history project, which makes up 20% of the the leaving cert history, for example, where students can go off and select a project, do primary research and submit it. That's real history um, learning. You know, you learn how to research, you learn how to go to primary sources and so on. So 
I, and the orals, like in language uh, subjects, the orals are becoming increasingly more um, important in terms of the, the number of marks that are allocated to the orals. Uh, this year, the orals will be made that bit easier in terms of, in Irish, the shrap pictorial is being halved instead of 20 pitches to learn for you of 10. Uh, but I do think we need to do more on the oral, more on the continued assessment, more on practical work. Um, as, and, and part of that also would be the written exam. I think what we always must retain in the leaving certificate, in my view, is that's an anonymity, the, the sense that irrespective of who you are or what background you come from, uh, it doesn't matter in terms of progressing onto other forms of education, uh, be it further education, higher education, apprenticeships, or whatever. And that, that, that It's a very fair system. It's a cruel system it's tough yeah. but we do we do need to bring more continued assessment into it uh, and that students would get assessed as they go along the two years of the leaving cert yeah i mean it's we i still have nightmares t-shock about the leaving <laughs> cert and it's I, it's been years like do you know what i mean but i still have nightmares it's about the hardest exam we, one exam. we all ever did isn't yeah, it it's it the really hardest is. exam any of us ever did um, i i've always said it was the hardest exam i ever did um uh, and uh it determines uh, a lot at that young age you see, that's that's it too, um, and we're expecting everybody at 18 to be at the same standard or to be focused or applied, and that doesn't necessarily follow either. No, mm-hmm. to be fair, the system has changed dramatically from my time. When you now have CTAC, HETAC, you can go to forward education. You can get, you know, you can progress at your pace too if that's your desire. And I think we need more of that too. In other words, that the system should focus on the learner, on the student, not on the institutions. And all of the institutions, be the further colleges of education, be the, the training in, in institutions, be the, the higher level colleges, they must all focus on helping the student get through different qualifications, different routes. If you don't make it the first time, you can go back and try it another way, you know. Uh, and I think we need flexibility within the further and third level sectors, greater movement for students between the different colleges uh, and, and, and courses. Well, look, Tishuk, you did say there that the Leaving Cert was one of the most, you know, difficult exams you've you've ever taken. I think Manny will agree. <laughs> However, on this show, every morning we play a game called Five for Three to One, and many <laughs> listeners would actually say that Five for Three to One is, if not more difficult, then just as difficult as any exam. So we're going to put you to the test. We'll explain the rules so you're not absolutely thrown and you don't know what you're doing. So, Valerie, you explain the rules there, sure. Okay, so you get thirty seconds on the clock, and we're going to ask you five questions, and the five questions will be like. Five of something, four of something, three of something, two of something, and one of something. So we're going to give you 30 seconds. Do you think you'll manage it? Are you feeling confident? I'm very apprehensive. Go ahead anyway. <laughs> okay, well, look, before we begin, everybody deserves a proper introduction to this game. So let's kick it off. Okay, so this morning playing, we have a man by the name of Michal Martin, a cork man. Michal, what are you up to this morning? What are you doing? I'm right here in the office here right now um, waiting for these questions to be asked and uh, <laughs> beautiful day. <laughs> well, look, we're going to give you five questions and you have 30 seconds. So the very best look. I mean, Garth Brooks have played this. Like, we've the, the biggest stars in the world has played this game. So you should be all right, OK? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Michal, we should say you are playing for a 5-4-3-2-1 board game. Uh, we actually released this just before Christmas and uh, some households across the nation have got these games. So if you do win, we will absolutely... We will send you one. ...send you a copy. <laughs> <laughs> and you could take it Thank home you. to the house. And All right. 30 <laughs> seconds. Let's begin now. Five counties in Ireland. With Cork, Kerry... Waterford, Armagh, Antrim, Dublin. Four foods you love. 
four food, egg, um, tomato, seventy uh, percent cocoa chocolate, um, and um, beans. <laughs> Three Irish celebrities. Oh, Neil, uh, Irish about well, Bano, uh, Roy Keane, Saoirse Ronan. Two things Taylor. you do to relax: walk, read, one GA player. Have a pint. Jimmy Barry Murphy. Hooray! I mean, well done. you did it. <laughs> There's people that have come on this and not do it, so fair play to you. But um, I'm sure your son won't be too happy you didn't name drop him there in the end. Uh, we, can't, we can't have nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> also, the 70% uh, cocoa. I'm chocolate. very intrigued. I did not have you down as that. But look, uh, Antisha, thank oh, you so uh, much. That is my, um, that is my addiction, I'm afraid. Uh, <laughs> trying to get off it at the moment. <laughs> oh, you want to uh, Everything in small doses. Everything in small doses. T-Shock, it's been absolutely lovely having you on the show this morning. Thank you so much for taking the time out to chat to us. Thank you very much indeed, Valerie. And uh, thanks.